Happy Friday. How are you guys settling into the new year? Do you feel like you're, well, my kids are settling well. You can hear them in the background. Um, I feel like I'm like kind of over talking about goal setting and I'm just like ready to get into it. So I'm hoping that this talk today, whether it's one of your resolutions or not, will help you start just doing the thing and stop talking about it. Welcome to the Homestead Challenge Podcast, where we will finally figure out how to make homesteading work in this modern world. I'm your host, Brittany, kind of crunchy mom and fellow modern homesteader. I've walked the path you're on, navigating burnout, overwhelm, information overload, serious lack of time, and uncertainty of where to even start. But I've also discovered a way to integrate homesteading into my modern busy life. If you're itching to kick off your homesteading journey on your terms, you're in the right spot. In each episode of this podcast, I'll be dishing out quick and straightforward homesteading tips, sharing home management systems, and providing modern solutions that fit seamlessly into your suburban lifestyle. Ready to turn your homesteading goals into a reality? Join me, and together we'll navigate the world of homesteading in a way that suits our lives. So grab that sourdough starter from the back of your fridge, girl. It's time to rise. So today we're going to talk about seven ways to live a toxic-free life this year. I know that it's kind of, if you're a homesteader or if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already do some crunchy things around your home, but all of us, including me, can always do something more. So I do a lot of these things, but I'm definitely also talking to myself here too, as always, and there's always something where we can just go, you know, make a little bit better choice. So I'm going to be talking all about the things that I do in my home and a couple of things that I could be better at. I just also wanted to take a quick second to say thank you so much. This week I topped out on 30, number 39 on the podcast charts for the home and garden section, which is pretty cool. Uh, I cannot do that without you guys. And truly, when I'm sitting here talking, I feel like I'm talking to each one of you. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And it's never too late to leave a review, and that does help us climb the charts, which the reason for wanting to climb the charts is because it's going to help other people find the show and join our community so we can have a cool little group of all of these suburban homesteaders, homesteader wannabes, modern homesteaders, whatever you want to call us. Uh, it'll help people find us. So make sure, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, but anywhere you're listening, please click ratings and reviews and leave me a written review. I would really, really appreciate it. All right. Have you been doing the homework? Did you listen to the first episode? In the first episode, I asked you to check your phone time on your phone. Like all smartphones these days have this feature where it's like, mine's called digital well-being. Ooh, I was doing good for a while, but this week, I'm not going to lie. I've definitely slipped back into some bad habits of being on the phone too much. So if you're like me, let's try to rein it in. I know that when we talk about a lot of these things, people are going to be like, how am I supposed to incorporate adding another thing in? I barely even have time to clean, let alone make my own cleaning products or research all this stuff. But is that really true? Is it? Is it? Because for me, I mean, obviously I'm super blessed and this is coming from 
very privileged place where I get to work from home doing this and I do have another part-time work from home job, which is a super privileged position that I get to be in to be um, able to be with my babies and whatnot. Uh, I do not take that for granted. But if you are like me, really, I am on my phone too much. I think we all are, whether we work full-time or not. And I am going to make it a goal to start reincorporating some of these things into my life and hopefully make that phone time go down and make some of these things that are my goals kind of move their way up on my list of things that I'm spending my time on. So, excuse me, sorry, I'm getting a little, I don't know, kids back to preschool. I'm kind of feeling like they're bringing some stuff back already. Anyway, there's like so many reasons why we would want to live a toxic free home. And I'm not going to go super into all of them here. This place isn't really about any scare tactics or making people feel a certain way, like they're going to die if they use the the chemicals and all these things. I still have some of that stuff in my house. It is okay. We can all prioritize different things. But I do urge you to do your own research on the things that really matter to you. So, you know, it. I've absolutely noticed an increase in my health and especially with hormone regulation and regulating my cycle since kind of ridding my home of more toxic free, like tox, toxins, chemicals, all that kind of stuff um, by way of getting rid of more of the heavy cleaning products as well as any kind of scented um, candles and lotions and all that kind of stuff. Basically all faux fragrance is gone from my house. Uh, and it has been for many years now. And truly, I mean, my cycle was never regular until I did that. So that's, <clears throat> sorry, sorry. That's coming from my personal experience. That's not going to be everybody's experience. And like I said, not a scientist. Do your own research on all this stuff and decide what's important to you, why it's important to you. There's so many rabbit holes we can fall down. But let's just get into this. So my seven ways to go toxic-free this year are number one, like I said, natural cleaning products. So you might think that this like takes so long to do or so long to make, which if that's the case, just buy some online. I, this might be controversial. I don't buy anything from any kind of MLM. No offense if that's you or if you love that, totally fine. I don't. Um, <clears throat> but there are knockoffs on Amazon of the thieves cleaner, but an even better route to go would be to make your own. And I do have a recipe for that on the blog and I will share that. It is so easy, guys. You literally take some stuff like that you either have on hand, like in your spice cabinet or citrus peels or vinegar. Um, there's the whole recipe there and you literally just put it in a jar, pour the vinegar over it, and let it sit for a few weeks. And that's it. So if you do one thing today, just do that. You don't have to use all of the different ingredients in the recipe. Whatever you have on hand, throw it in the jar, pour vinegar over it. It'll take you two minutes and then you, you're just going to feel great. You're just, you got it going. All you have to do is let it sit. It's amazing. All right. So after we rid our home of some of the maybe not so good cleaning products, of course, if you want to keep a few, that's fine. But I would say start with your everyday cleaning products. 
uh, the ones that you're going to be using all the time. I know that it totally freaks some people out to not clean the bathroom with that stuff, whatever, totally fine. But if you're doing stuff on your counters every day that your food's going on, let's start there. So make your cleaners. Number two, nonstick pans. This one I hate to put on this list because obviously we can't all just go buy a new pans. And this is something that I phased out over probably like three years, honestly, um, replacing pans. So it's not like I'm saying, oh, go get rid of all your nonstick pans now and go buy yourself all new pans because that's a little crazy. Or, I mean, hey, if you have some holiday gift cards, go for it. Um, but nonstick is not so good for you, especially if you have any. The first to get rid of are going to be any that are scratched up. So that stuff can leach into your food as soon as it's scratched. It's pretty much no good anymore, unfortunately. It really shouldn't even be donated, which I hate to say because I like to get rid of things sustainably, but really a scratch nonstick is no good. Uh, your best option, in my opinion, since, you know, I'm so homesteady, no, <laughs> uh, is cast iron. I love it. That's what I use for almost everything, except I do use stainless steel when I'm boiling like noodles or something like that. But I use stainless steel for everything. I'm sorry. I use cast iron for everything else. Uh, it's my favorite Yes, I even cook eggs on it every single morning. We have breakfast, we have sausage and eggs. It is not a problem. You will get used to it. You will probably fail at first. I did, it took me a while and that is okay. <laughs> uh, but once you get used to it, it's really no problem. I actually have a really hard time cooking eggs on stainless steel now. I like burn them every time. So that could just be me, I don't know. But getting rid of your nonstick pans, especially those scratched ones, is going to level up your non-toxic game. All right, number three, go organic. Ew, like why do I keep talking about things that sound expensive? Okay, it doesn't have to be. <laughs> so first of all, we all know like Aldi is probably the best place to get any organic anything. But if you're confused on like, all right, you can't buy everything organic or you don't want to, totally fine. The um, Environmental Working Group, uh, EWG is what they're called. It has a list every year they come out with. It's called the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen. So I will link their website in the show notes here if you want to check it out. The Clean 15 are the cleanest, like least likely things to have pesticides in them. So you do not have to buy those things organic if you're not trying to buy all organic or spend that kind of money. So those things you can buy non-organic, totally fine. And then there's kind of every, all other fruits and vegetables are in the middle of this list somewhere. But then at the end of the list is the dirty dozen. So those are 12 things that pretty much if they're not organic, they have high-ish levels of pesticides in them. Um, I don't have the list in front of me, but I know it's a lot of like fruits and berries. I know strawberries are on the list. Um, oh my goodness, I have no idea. I have to look at the list again. This is, I'm talking to myself here. But that dirty dozen, so if you make any swaps and you want to start going organic in anything, I would check out that dirty dozen list if you're concerned about pesticides. A whole nother conversation for another day is meats and why I think organic is pretty awesome. Um, obviously, if you're buying from a local farmer, they might not be able to call themselves organic, even though they technically are. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's a whole nother a whole other topic as well, not today, but if you're just buying from the grocery store, pay attention to the Clean 15 Dirty Dozen list. 
They also have an app, so you can check out almost any product that you buy from the grocery store on that app and figure out if it would be good to bring into your home or not. Number four, dust and vacuum regularly. Yay, this one's free. I assume that most of us have a vacuum. It can remove a lot of the dirt and allergens that come in from outside, especially if you're regularly walking on asphalt, pavement, parking lots. Um, I'm also speaking to myself here. We do vacuum quite a bit because I have a German shedder. She is has a lot of hair, so much hair. But um, doing this regularly can really help. Uh, with littles, I definitely probably dust my furniture way less than I ever used to, just time-wise. It's kind of crazy. Uh, my kids love to dust, though, so I really should just put them on that. But that is a great way to start this process, and it's totally free. All right, number five, filtering your tap water. There are many different ways to do this. Um, if you are just starting out, using the filtered water from your fridge, using a Brita filter. You don't have to go down the crazy homesteading rabbit holes, but you certainly can. I used the Alexa Pure for uh, two or three years, and I have a whole review on that as well on the blog. So I will uh, link to that. I actually did a test of tap water versus the Alexa Pure um, versus my friend's new Alexa Pure. Mine was two years old at the time. So it's kind of an interesting study there. But I thought it was worth it. Now that we bought a home, I actually prioritized this. And this is another thing that's definitely more of a master level toxin free thing. I got a home water system. So that's definitely a more um, expensive option. But you don't just want to um, filter your water that you're drinking. Also think about, um, in the past I've had filters on my shower heads and not only does that help, um, it helped with a lot of things. I mean, obviously, you know, getting the chemicals out of the water, but it helped make my hair softer. And also, um, it helps with like, if you have really hard water, just keeping your bathroom cleaner, um, not getting like all the white residue from that. So it can help with a lot. Uh, if you're interested in my home water system, I can talk more about that. I just have a regular filter and a very mild softener. We use it at the smallest level just because um, we have some new appliances that we are we have really hard water and we don't want them to get ruined. So we do uh, soften a little bit, but we don't do the reverse osmosis. I am not into that. So that's kind of a non-popular homesteading opinion there. So I would love to talk more about that if you're interested. Number six, Bath & Body Products. This is a really easy place to start. There have been so many companies these days that are coming out with better options. And it's like the same price as buying stuff from Bath & Body Works, guys. Like this is not something that I'm trying to be like, you need to spend a million dollars on. Of course, some skincare is very expensive. I, to me, skincare is always really expensive, whether it's full of chemicals or not. It just, I feel like it's so pricey. But I actually replace my body lotion with something that I make at home, and it just uses olive oil, and I mix in some almond oil, and um, I infuse it with lavender or whatever herbs I have on hand. So I will also include that link in the bio if you're interested in making that. That's going to be your cheapest route. But there's so many great companies. I do want to shout out. I have a friend, Faithful Family Farmer. She's going to probably be coming on my show pretty soon. I'm not going to be doing 
a lot of guests on here, maybe one a month max. So I'm really interested. She's going to be talking to us about her company and about finding the time to have a full business while being a mom and trying to do homesteady things. I think she's a mom. Oh my gosh. I don't even know. I guess we'll find out. Um, but either way, she does so many things and her company is really cool. So I'm going to be linking that for you as well. If you're looking to buy any kind of skincare, the stuff she makes, like it's legitimate guys. This is not just like some kind of, you know, homemade DIY looking stuff. It looks just as beautiful as your other skincare that you might be purchasing from anywhere. All right. Number seven, our last one, scenting your home naturally. I know my sister had a question about this because she loves her candles as I once did. If you're making the transition and you are into essential oils, essential oil candles are such an easy swap. I um, try to limit the essential oils in my home just because I don't find them to be the most sustainable thing. And they are fairly strong for me now that I'm on the crunchy side. But if you're making the transition, just buy essential oil candles, like super easy swap. But if you are going full on crunchy, <laughs> like myself, um, I like to use simmer pots. So I just um, put out a recipe for one as well using some evergreens over the winter season. And I will link that for you. But basically you can just throw a bunch of stuff into a pot and boil it on your stove all day long. Just simmer it really low. Um, I like to mix in pine needles or citrus, citrus peels, maybe cloves, cinnamon stick, uh, really whatever you have on hand. I've added cranberries um, that I had in my freezer for way too long because I never used them from Thanksgiving. So anything you have on hand, you can throw in there and just scent your home, make it smell like you're making pie. It's wonderful, totally natural. I usually just use scraps or things that are about to go bad, uh, really. So it's not, not a huge waste there. And what some people don't know about simmer pots is that if you have it on the stove all day, you can actually just put it in the fridge and then use it again the next day. And you can just keep using it until it's like gross or doesn't smell anymore or whatever. So that's kind of cool. Um, so you don't, you know, really have to waste so much. So I hope that one of these seven things has inspired you to go a little bit more toxic free this year. Like I said, all of this is in baby steps. So while I have incorporated all of these things into my life, it's really been a long time coming over like, Oh my goodness, probably since I've been married, like, I don't know how long have I been married? Nine years? Eight years? Ooh, sorry, Josh. <laughs> so this is not something that I'm telling you, you have to go and get rid of all of your stuff and buy all new stuff right away. Please don't do that. But your homework today is to just make one swap this week, whether it's something that was on my list or something else that has been uh, kind of bugging you for a while. Go ahead and make the swap and go ahead and tell me what it is inside the community or post a picture on Instagram and tag me because I would love to see it and I would love to see us help inspire others to make these really small changes slowly over time that can just make us live a little bit healthier, hopefully regulate some hormones if that's an issue for you and just make you healthier overall. Let's breathe fresh, guys. I truly... I also used to have like some asthma problems. I don't really have those anymore. So these things, it sounds crazy, but 
It really does work. I think we can all agree. So take whatever kind of resonates with you and let's make it happen. Thank you so much for listening today. And again, if you could please leave me a review, a written review, that would really, really help get this show out to more people. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Bye guys. Hey, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Homestead Challenge podcast. I hope our time together has empowered you to take meaningful steps on your homesteading journey. If you've enjoyed our conversation and found value in today's tips, please take a moment to leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. Your feedback means the world to me and it helps others discover the podcast. Let's keep the conversation going. Connect with me on Instagram. You can find me at Brittany L. Gibson. The link is in the show notes. Share your favorite takeaways from the episode, ask questions, or suggest topics of what you'd like to hear in the future. For an even deeper dive into the homesteading community, join our Facebook group where other suburban homesteading mamas share their experiences, ask questions, and support each other on their unique homesteading journeys. Just search for the Homestead Challenge community on Facebook and request to join. Remember, every small step on your homesteading path is a victory. Whether you're nurturing plants on your windowsill or mastering the art of sourdough, you're making a difference. Keep at it. Until next time, let's watch our homesteads flourish together.